I'm talking about uh, Wallace Stevens' poem called Of Mere Being and sharing a photograph that I took of a palm tree in the distance in the sunset. And it's kind of bronzed with that golden, slightly reddish light. And you can see the, the treetops around it that are still catching light as the sun sets. And they also look kind of bronzed. The one that looks reddish is actually called a copper glow. <laughs> I've been pointing out that the poem is called Of Mere Being, and I'll read it again. The palm at the end of the mind, beyond the last thought, rises in the bronze distance. A gold-feathered bird sings in the palm, without human meaning, without human feeling, a foreign song. You know then that it is not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. The bird sings, its feathers shine. The palm stands on the edge of space. The wind moves slowly in the branches. The bird's fire-fangled feathers dangle down. And it's usually understood that that bird is a phoenix. And the poem strikes me as being about being about being about not adding our ideas onto our experience a theme that i've seen in wallace a lot so this palm is at the end of the mind beyond thought beyond the last thought it rises and then this phoenix sings in the palm a gold feathered bird without human meaning, without human feeling, a foreign song. And then a sentence, you know then that it is not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. Or you know then that it is not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. You know then that it is not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. So is it a reference to the phoenix and its foreign song? It's inhuman, without human meaning, so the phoenix can't make us happy? Or is it the, not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy? It's not our thinking mind that makes us happy or unhappy. Or this is what I love about poetry. Or that you can't reason your way into feeling happy or unhappy or into being happy or unhappy. I often say you can't legislate it. Trying doesn't work. It's also the whole tone of the poem is, is spare. It's beautiful. And it's challenging, and it is discomforting. Is that a word that you're familiar with? It's one of what a word that I is in my reading vocabulary. You could say it's discomforting, but for some reason we say discomforting. At any rate, it does not comfort you. These beautiful images—they're little metallic and cold, bronze and gold feathered. They're pretty, 
but they're not forming without human meaning, without human feeling. You know then that it is not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. Then he says, the bird sings, its feathers shine. Again, kind of impersonal. The bird does what it does. A bird flies like a bird. This bird sings like a phoenix. Its feathers shine like a phoenix. But nothing extra. The bird just does bird. Even if it's a phoenix, it's still just doing phoenix. So you know, then, I think then, has to be a reference to the bird singing in the palm tree, but without human meaning, feeling, a foreign song. Listening to that, you know, that's not, I don't know, it's, it's not accessible with your usual ways of relating to the world, with your reasoning and your emotion and your intuition or anything. You can't do anything in relation to the bird singing. You can't make something of the bird singing. The bird is just singing. And then he returns to the palm. The palm stands on the edge of space. The wind moves slowly in the branches. The bird's fire-fangled feathers dangle down. The palm stands on the edge of space. It's at the end of the mind. Those are, <laughs> for me, edgy Im images. But it's not, you know, when it says at the end of the mind, the end of the mind is still the mind, right? It seems contradictory to me. It's not beyond mind. It's at the end of the mind. But it's beyond the last thought. So it's maybe at the moment the phoenix is about to burst into flame. And it stands on the edge of space. The wind moves slowly in the branches. And the bird's fire-fangled feathers dangle down. It's just going on. The palm just stands there. The wind moves slowly in the branches. I don't know, there's something about that image, again, that's kind of um, emotionless. The leaves fluttered in the breeze, in the spring breeze, you know. No. The wind moves slowly in the branches. And the bird's fire-fangled feathers dangle down. Is the bird catching fire just now? Or is that simply a reference to the fact that phoenix are usually described as golden, maybe sometimes golden and red and purple, royal colors of mere being? He's using words to paint an image. And an image stays with you, me anyway, because Norman talked about this before, it must have been the late 80s, before I even went to Tassajara, I think. <laughs> I have an image of, of it being at 
that uh, Green Gulch he taught a class about, I don't know, modern poetry and Zen or something, and this was one of the poems. This is not a romantic image in this poem, and you can pick it apart with the words, but it's the feeling of it that it is perhaps both an ending and a beginning, as with a phoenix. And the fact of an ending and the fact of a beginning just is. And it's not something that has great meaning in itself. You can give it meaning, but that's your problem. It's also your joy. You make yourself happy or unhappy. Maybe you can say it that way. And it's not the life of the phoenix or the tree or anything else. You do it. Don't impute it to birds or bronzed trees. You do it. The bird singing in the palm without human meaning, without human feeling, a foreign song. That's some feeling of his own, perhaps. It's also saying it isn't yours. Stop grasping after the bird or the tree. Just let it be its own self. And I would say, don't even make it foreign. Don't make it anything. Just hear it. As a friend of mine says, don't listen to it. Just hear it. You don't have to comment on it. You don't have to try to figure out which bird it is. I don't know what a phoenix sounds like, but I know what a blue jay sounds like, and I know what a mockingbird sounds like, and I know what a dove sounds like. And I certainly know what a crow sounds like and a seagull. That's about the end of my list of what I actually would recognize. He's reminding us to just be mere being on mere being. Nothing extra. And usually when we talk of that, we can include some reference to the joy of it. What is it on the lightness, the incredible lightness of being? You know, if you uh, sit at the edge of a forest pool and just sit there, the birds and the beasts of the forest will come to drink water and you will experience them. Whereas if you hop around looking for them, you're never going to see them. Which is kind of a nice image, right? It's a friendly image. Oh boy, the deer will come and drink at the pool and I'll see him. Maybe a fox. But no. There's no comfort here. It's beautiful. And there's no comfort here. It throws us back on ourselves. That's not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. We do it. And I suppose I could go, I'm not going to, but I could go off on a strand about, well, you have the choice to make yourself happy, which I'm not sure I believe. And anyway, it's a whole other subject. The bird sings, 
its feathers shine. That just is what they do. And our job is to do what we do, to do bodhisattva, to do human being, to do happy or unhappy. Maybe we are like the phoenix, we burn ourselves up with our life and then a new life happens. And of course, one of the things that I think of is what's happening with this temple and this sangha over this year. But don't forget, there's a new phoenix that arises. So I think that's enough for me. I'll read it one more time and then I'll ask if you have anything comes up for you on seeing this photograph or listening to this poem on mere being. The palm at the end of the mind beyond the last thought rises in the bronze distance. A gold feather bird sings in the palm without human meaning, without human feeling, a foreign song. You know then that it is not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. The bird sings, its feathers shine. The palm stands on the edge of space. The wind moves slowly in the branches. The bird's fire-fangled feathers dangle down. So what do you think? What do you feel? What do you intuit? Yeah, Steve. My strongest reaction, honestly, is I want to do that. I want to write that kind of poem. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then there's also like a sort of both a longing and a, and a kind of, and a longing to like experience the phoenix in the palm tree and a longing to let go of wanting to experience that. <laughs> I find it interesting that the words that seem most human in the poem are, I think he, I know he uses the word no, and then what else does he use? Um, I don't mean by he, I mean like active as in potentially where we access the palm tree and the phoenix. Does he also use the word listen? I think so. No. No, okay. No, because the bird sings without human feeling, without human meaning, a foreign song. You K-N-O-W then that it is not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. The bird sings, its feathers shine. Mm. Okay. But it doesn't, it, it, there's nothing about listening to it. But, you know, it isn't saying that you can't hear it. It's mm -hmm. kind of not the focus exactly. Nothing. There's no right, right. real focus here. Jackie, I don't know if you're here because you're, you're uh, not showing up your face. But if you have any questions, um, please feel free to just unmute yourself and ask. Uh, I was tied. I didn't realize that there would be somebody that wasn't regular here. So I've been talking in some language that might be, uh, I don't know, inaccessible or something, because some of it is sort of jargony. So uh, I apologize for that. 
feel free to ask any questions or share any thoughts you have. Um, just unmute yourself and speak. And I, I don't know. Um, that's all I know because your screen is blank and it says Jackie question mark. So I hope you're here and welcome. Oh, thank you. And um, I understand the language. Um, and it just, um, it reminds me of a dream I had a really long time ago about like the end of things and what it was like and like the silence that, and the calm like at the end of everything. And um, so it, it, it just reminds me of this place. Um, that That's my really only observation and I don't want to take up too much time. Well, uh, that's wonderful. I mean, because I mean, that is, I think that is part of the image that, you know, he's talking about the end of the mind and beyond thought and it's not reason that makes things happen and so on. So there is that image. Of, and I, and I always think, you know, when the phoenix burns up, that end, it's quiet. And then this is my fantasy that, you know, there's a, a, a minute or so of just silence end, and then beep, 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 there's this little baby phoenix. I mean, my image, I'm sure, is quite colored by the uh, Harry Potter movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was such a surprise because I think at the end, I woke up from this dream and it was like my ego was bruised. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, your ego understands that it's, uh, you know, when, when we let go of the ego, of grasping like we do, you know, it's a challenge for your ego. You say, wait a minute, <laughs> what about me? Exactly. Anybody else? Zach? As some of you know, I'm not a big poetry person, uh, but I really like that one. And it made me think, you know, there's, there's, I'm more of a movie guy, and there's some movies that you see that you don't understand, but they're beautiful, and you you like them. But you, if you had to explain what it was about, you'd be at a loss. And the po that poem was a little bit like that. And it made me think of sitting zazen, that you're just paying attention. You're not adding anything or taking anything away. You're hearing, not listening. It's very peaceful. You're just part of the rhythm of it all. You're there, but you're not there. So that's what I sort of got some of that. Yeah. Thank you. Zazen is mere being. Anybody else? Liam, if you want to say something, just Mute, unmute yourself and talk because it's you're you're a little tile on the screen right now because so much is taken up with the photograph. Well, the only thing that came to mind, um, we went to a performance last night that was uh, that this kind of reminds me of. There were like five dancers. There was a soprano singer, and a cello, and a piano, and they did an evening's performance in different combinations of these people. I don't know what any of it was about. And the singer was singing in about four different languages. But it was all quite beautiful. I mean, there were moments of humor or anger or something that you can relate to. But it was just a beautiful experience. 
and I, I don't know what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, we really enjoyed it. That's all that came to mind. Yeah. Well, it just, I, as I try to talk about it, I, that's one of the things I realized. That I think I said, it's like he's, he's painting a picture or something. There's an image, but it isn't, it isn't reasoned. You know, it isn't, it, it really, it isn't about that. Often his poems are hard to uh, talk about because of, the, because of the, the, it's an image that's arising, maybe an idea, but you can talk about it, but it, 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 that isn't it. <laughs> Do you want to say anything? Um, yes, yeah, so I also, I really, that the poem was beautiful and then I kept just thinking about the next painting I want to do with a phoenix in it, <laughs> with a bronze haze, the hue and everything. But I also thought that what differentiates phoenix from us is that it doesn't have a wanting under, wanting to understand mind. So, you know, for the poem that is succinct in that simple, like a short poem that we actually, Mary, you actually gave her in, in lengths, uh, um, you know, Zen take about mm -hmm. this theme. Right? So we actually, in, in Adogen too, and he wrote volumes of books to explain the simple essence of mere being. So we also need words to, to think about the meaning behind a simple poem like this. So is that okay for me to ponder where the phoenix came from, where it's going, how this came to be? Is it a kind of against the essence, against the, you know, our practice of being in the present moment, or does it mean anything to give a thought to those arising thoughts about past and present and future? Well, it's it's natural to have thoughts. And I think that what he's pointing at here is not thinking. It's the letting it, just letting it be. Which is what is so hard for us. But he wrote a poem. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, that. What? Oh, that. Yeah. He did that. He wrote a lot of them. Gorgeous. And they are gorgeous. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go. I I get get started and I could just go on, but I won't about his gorgeousness. Um, anyway, anything else? Anybody? Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. 
Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it.